around to get a lot of dough. Anything is possible. Welcome to Money on Our Mind. This is the part where we tell you that nothing we talk about should be considered financial advice and all episodes are for entertainment purposes only. I'm Gareth. And I'm Chrissy. We are the co-founders of Victorify, a technology-based education company in Georgia. We provide interactive and relatable financial education and content to schools and community organizations. On this week's episode, we're going to tackle the topic of short-term savings goals and how you can reach those goals you've made for yourself. And we're going to make our own savings goal. We're going to do that together. Well, uh, last week we covered budgeting as a whole. And in this episode, we'll shift our focus to short-term savings goals. And this could be considered also an offshoot of budgeting. And once again, we just want to remind everybody that we're independent podcast. So don't worry, we're not trying to influence you or sell you anything. We're just trying to talk about money with you. And you can find out more about our financial course, courses and services at victoryfi.com. That is V-I-C-T-R-E-E-F-I.com. So before we jump into today's topic, Chrissy, um, I do have to ask, do we have any updates on MoneyVo? Oh, yes. And um, do you mean the mayor? You're addressing Madam Mayor. Uh, (laughs) Yes. For everyone um, that doesn't know and for our new listeners, Moneyville is a project that we are working on with the Girl Scouts of San Jacinto Council. Victory Fi partners with Girl Scout councils across the country to do financial literacy programming. And this particular council, we have joined together to um, create our first girl-led city. And so we have a group of 11 Girl Scouts who are serving as the alder women of Moneyville. And these young ladies, they're between third and seventh grade, and they take this role so seriously. Absolutely love it. I'm the mayor. They're the alder women. And together we work to, you know, run the city of Moneyville. So they're building all the fiscal policies. They're creating the budget for the city. It is so exciting. Um, Last week, like I told you, we had a hot debate about the name of Moneyville. And, you know, this week we presented the crest. The girls worked together to kind of create different elements of the city crest. And we have finalized the crest, which is really great. And it represents, you know, how Moneyville makes its money, which is through tourism and the port in the city. So the girls worked really hard and it is honestly the cutest crest I've ever seen. So very impressed. That's the latest update. We will be, um, the girls also have three different committees, so they will be creating budgets for three different city projects. So I'll keep you informed, Gareth, on, uh, on what happens next week. <laughs> so are there any big votes this week? So, uh, <laughs> um, just to divide or to decide on the projects, they are, you know, budgeting for the centennial celebration because Moneyville is 100 years old this year. And um, then they have to pick their two other projects. So I'm anticipating a hot debate because these girls are very passionate. And these older women, I mean, they're definitely going into politics when they're older. It's it's pretty great. Well, I think we're all looking forward to hearing about what happens in Moneyville. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll catch up with you next week on, <laughs> on the results of, of these votes. Um, so let's let's kind of jump into the topic at hand today, uh, which, as I mentioned before, is short-term savings goals. So obviously, 
when you when you talk about short-term savings goals, that can be quite subjective. Uh, but when it comes to VictoryFi and in our courses, we always consider short-term goals to be those that are occurring within one year. Once we have that time frame established, the most important question is, what are some short-term financial goals that I can even set for myself? Items is saving for a vacation, paying down certain debt, saving to invest that money, uh, and even saving for a down payment for a car. So all of these all of these different goals can kind of fall into the categorization of short-term savings goals. And rather than kind of talking about how we would do one of these, we're actually going to use a specific example, right, Chrissy, today? Yes, Gareth, this is um, pretty exciting. So uh, I, are you ready? Are you ready to go through our... I'm ready. <laughs> okay, great. So uh, for everybody that's out there, I went to the University of Alabama, Roll Tide, and um, Gareth did not, but <laughs> we are wanting to take a trip with all of the members of Victory Fi and go to a football game this fall. So, you know, we are recording this a little bit. We're recording this in the summer, so we have a little bit of time for this savings goal, but this is something that's going to, you know, occur within the next six months. So this is a short-term savings goal, and so we're going to walk through how to plan for a trip from Savannah, Georgia, headquarters of Victory Fi, down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama to see the Crimson Tide play Arkansas. Woo, woo, woo. Okay, and win. Duh. So, okay. Of course. Yes. <laughs> okay, Gareth. So, this is what we've broken down, and I, I want your opinion on it since you'll be on this trip as well. So, let's go. Okay, so, this game, this is kind of how you set your goal, and this is all we're walking through. You want to teach everyone, you know, you need to prioritize what you want to spend your money on, and you can treat yourself sometimes. And you can, you know, Gareth mentioned paying down debt and there's some, some really important short-term goals that you can do. And you can also save for fun. Maybe you're saving for spring break or a fun trip like we're doing. So, you know, this is kind of how you set your goal and how you determine how much money you need to save. So, you know, first we're going to start out, we want to price out, okay, what are all the expenses? So we're in Savannah, Tuscaloosa is like a million hours away approximately. <laughs> You know, so um, we definitely want to fly and there's not a big airport in Tuscaloosa. So we'll want to fly to Birmingham. So we need to look up flights. We need to look up hotel rooms because none of us live there. Um, any transportation costs. We also want to think about how much a ticket costs us. Um, and then, you know, incidentals. So maybe we want an Uber or if we want to go out to eat, we're not going to have a kitchen. So we're going to have to go out to eat or do other fun activities. Uh, so we need to price all that out. And then once you come up with your list of expenses, then you find out approximately how much those are cost. And then that becomes your savings goal. And also, we'll also talk about how, you know, you can break this up into smaller goals. So, you know, We'll want to buy our plane tickets in a month and maybe our football tickets in two months. And then the rest we can just save for that November expense. So, Gareth, are you ready? Um, if you go to... So I, yes. I, I just, I just want, to, I want to jump in right here yes. and say, you know, when we think about, you know, we have the plane tickets, we have the estimated Uber costs and whatnot. So we can kind of think of those as, you know, you, you know what that expense is relatively going to be close to, right? But in terms of your expenses for eating out or sort of random expenses that might occur during that trip, they tend to really add up quickly. 
So it's always better to overestimate the potential cost of, of such a trip like this may cost rather than saying like, oh, I'm only going to be able to spend $8 to eat out every day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because oftentimes that doesn't actually happen. <laughs> so it's always better to be a little bit more conservative and thinking that you're going to spend more money than you might. And then if you don't, that's great. You've, you've got additional money that you've saved. So that, that's all I wanted to add there. No, that is so true. Um, you know, you have to be realistic when you set your goals. And you, like Gareth said, budget to actually have fun. So don't just go there and then if you want to go to the football game, you know, save money to buy a ticket. You don't just go and like sit in your hotel room and watch the game, you know, so just make sure that you're budgeting for the entire trip. Um, so Gareth, I'll tell you how I did a little research for this. And then I'd like your opinion on what you like to reference. So I started with, um, the flights. So I'm just starting from the first thing we would do, which would be go to the airport. So first of all, the airport, you have to remember to pay to park, per day. In the Savannah airport, there's different types of parking. So, you know, there's covered or uncovered. Um, I have left my car in the uncovered parking lot during a hurricane. So in November is kind of the tail end of all that. But I, in Savannah, I will always leave my car in the covered parking lot when I leave town, just in case. So I pay a little bit more. It's worth those extra $5 a day. It really is. So with the extra $5 a day, it's about $10 a day to park our cars. So we'd really have to park it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So we're already at 30 bucks before we even get there. Um, none of us are going, we're all going to just carry our bags on. We're not going to check a bag. So we're not going to worry about that. But that's something you need to think about for any kind of baggage fee. Um, but after you get there, what airline are you going to fly on? How do you determine the best price for a flight? So this is what I liked at Gareth, and then I would love your advice. So I love Hotwire. It is my favorite. I love it, especially for the hotels. I think you can get great deals. I also looked at that when we're going to talk about the hotel portion, but I looked on Hotwire. I saw, I like it because you can see all the different airlines or all the different hotel chains. It really kind of has a broad view. So I saw American and Delta are flying to Birmingham. You know I love Delta, but they don't have a direct there. So um, I also went and looked at AmericanAirlines.com and Delta.com and kind of got similar pricing. So um, we can either fly American for $250 nonstop, or we can fly Delta, my favorite, but it's for $100 more and there's one stop. So I'm thinking we might want to do the $250. Oh, absolutely. It's yes. less. Anything that avoids stopping. Um, <laughs> so did, that's the obvious choice. <laughs> so did I miss anything? You know, I look at Hotwire. Where do you, do you look at Hotwire or where do you like to look for hotel flights? I mean, airline flights. Yeah. So that's a good question. Um, typically I go to the carrier themselves. Um, I mean, obviously Google flights is a good resource and, um, there's someone, there's one that's just escaping my mind right now. Um, but the, the one thing that we kind of noticed during COVID is that if you don't book through the carrier directly, um, there can be complications when it comes to flights that are changed or canceled. So I always err on the side of caution and always go to the carrier because I'm paranoid about something going wrong and my ticket not actually being processed correctly. So I typically just go direct directly to the carrier themselves. I think that's excellent advice. <laughs> Very good <laughs> advice. Okay. Thank you, Gareth. So onward. So we're doing American. 
flying out two fifty. So right now we're at two hundred and eighty dollars with our parking and our airlines, not including taxes. That two hundred fifty dollars is round trip, right? That's not one way. Yeah, just that's round trip. Okay. Um, okay, so we're at two fifty airlines, thirty dollars a day for parking, so two hundred and eighty bucks. So when we get to Birmingham, luckily my friend Natalie lives there, and she drives a gigantic van. <laughs> How convenient. I know. So she can take all of us, you know, we'll, we'll have like maybe six of us going. Um, so she'll take all of us and she, you know, will be staying with us as well. So she'll be our sixth friend. Um, so Natalie will take us into Birmingham. So we do not have to pay to rent a car or do some kind of expensive taxi into Tuscaloosa, which isn't, it's kind of a little drive. <laughs> um, so we get there. So then I started looking up hotels. Again, I love Hotwire, but everyone has a different place. And Gareth, after this, I, w- I want to know where you like to look. But looked on Hotwire. It looked like, since we are a little bit far out right now, all the really nice hotels are gone. I have not mm-hmm. checked on Airbnb or any kind of vacation rentals, but just looking at hotels, it looks like they'll be about $150 to $200 a night. So if we round up, like you said, just worst case scenario... If we have, say, we have two people to a room, um, or if everyone wants their own room, it kind of depends. I'm down to room with Natalie. Um, you know, it's between 150, $100 and $150 a night per person, per room. Okay. So, I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So if we say, you know, 150 it's like, and we have two nights, so that's $300 each for lodging. Um, is there anywhere else? Do you like to check the hotel sites themselves? Do you have another site you like to reference for hotel bookings? Should I be checking anywhere else? Yeah. So obviously now with, with the emergence of Airbnb and VRBO, which apparently you're supposed to say Verbo, which I've never heard, but apparently that's the right pronunciation of that. I refuse. Um, (laughs) I always tend to check those as well, because if, if you can get a whole house and everyone can have their own room, it obviously tends to be a lot cheaper than hotels. So that's the route I go down. Um, and obviously who doesn't want a full house anyway, cause you have a kitchen. Exactly. So hotels, that doesn't happen. And then that can save you some money on cooking meals if you want to as a group. So to be honest, I always look at Airbnb or VRBO before I look at hotels. Um, just cause I think if I'm going to be spending the money anyway, I'd rather have more space. So that's, that's my kind of thoughts on that. But at the same time, the Airbnbs may not is may not be in as a great location as the hotels could be. So you might have to pay additional transportation costs if you end up going with an Airbnb rather than a hotel. So obviously there's a lot of factors to consider there. Um, so at the end of the day, right, we know that $200 a night is probably the most expensive it's going to be per person. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I mentioned before on, on sort of the flights, like if you get it cheaper, that's great. Um, so, so yeah, so I, I would say, you know, take a look at the hotels and the Airbnbs of the world to kind of see what the best deal is. I think that's a, also my, my gripe, my gripe with Airbnb is that they don't include the service fees and when they say those the are price expensive. Per night. They're like half of it's, it's insane how they add up. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. So I like what you're saying. I'm kind of convinced. So I'm thinking I'm going to tack on a little extra money to our, you know, 
hotel slash Airbnb stay. That way we could potentially afford an Airbnb. We have a Natalie's car if we need to drive into town. Um, so we'll say we're going to spend about $400, $200 each per night to stay somewhere, which seems pretty reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so then I looked at tickets. And tickets start at $70, but you know, the longer we wait, the more they'll go up. We could always buy them there, but you just don't know what you could get them for. Um, so we'll just assume maybe tickets will be about $100 if we're going to buy them in the next like month or two. Um, and you know, we don't necessarily have to have the best seats, so we don't want like the worst seats either. So that's something to consider. And, um, you know, finally, like we mentioned, I was thinking, and I'd like your opinion, Gareth. So for food, any kind of extra, we do have Natalie's van, but if we didn't want to take that, Lyft, Uber, any other incidentals, maybe budget about 200 each. So we, if, you know, we needed food or anything like that total for the weekend. So like, you know, hundred dollars a day. Basically. That's fair. Um, yeah. Okay. That's probably. Might be more like, than, oh, an, that's more than be more. enough. Yeah. Okay, so we have, let me do a little math. <laughs> no pressure. I know. Do, 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 do. Okay, so it looks like we have, it's going to be about, okay, tell me if my math is wrong, 250 to fly, $30, so that's two, $30 for parking, so it's 280 so then we have $400 about per night at the hotels. So we have six eighty plus a hundred dollars thereabout for tickets, so seven eighty plus two hundred dollars for incidentals. So we're about nine hundred and eighty dollars to go on this trip each. It's a pretty expensive weekend. I know this is really adding up. This is quite the expense. Um, so maybe we need to rethink our priorities a little. But if we're going with this, this expensive two and a half days to go see the Crimson Tide, obviously it's worth it. Um, so the first thing, you know, that is a lot of money, it is a lot of money for like a two day trip. So that's definitely something you want to consider once you actually break it down, if this is something that you want to do. Um, and, and, and quickly, right. So if we look at those costs, you can clearly see where we could cut some money out, right. If we decide to drive rather than fly, exactly. that would, would be way cheaper. Um, but then you have all that time in the car. So that's, that's the difference there. And obviously it's a lot of money for the hotels and staying places. So, you know, maybe if Natalie had a, has a house, you could stay there and that would save a ton of money. Um, so there's way, there's ways around it, but at least that we would know when we think about this, that, that $900 is sort of the ceiling. Like this is our, essentially Mm -hmm. the maximum cost of the weekend. And then we can work on it from there to cut that cost down. Right. So maybe we could cut $400 off of that and it becomes a lot more reasonable than $900. Well, you know, right after I graduated, when I would go back to visit my friends that were still there, I could go for, I would, I would do the drive and then I would just stay at their house in Tuscaloosa. So you're eliminating like everything, you know? So, but you know, when you have to travel and do all that, um, another thing though, if you do have, regardless of what your goal is, if you have a larger financial goal, that's kind of intimidating to think, oh my gosh, I have to save a thousand dollars in, you know, a couple months. You can break it down into little pieces. So if we do decide to fly, you know, we probably want to book our tickets within the next month or so, just because I just like to go ahead and have them booked. I know there's different theories on 
closer or further away that prices change a little, but I'm just, I get nervous and I like to book my, my ticket. So probably within the next month. So you could just think, okay, I just probably need those $250 in a month. So that's your first goal. And then we'll want to buy our tickets for the game probably within the next month or two. So maybe within two months, you need another hundred dollars. And then really you're kind of only needing to save $500 in the fall for the, for the game. Like when you actually get there and you have to pay for the hotel and you know, anything else. So you can kind of break it down into smaller goals. And it's just, to me, it's just way less intimidating than having to, you know, pay a thousand dollars right now. Um, so that's just kind of a nice way to, to think about it, to break it up. And and the other thing too, that I, I think is, is very helpful as well is to set up and your own bank account for your goals, mm-hmm. right? So you have you have essentially an account that you just transfer money into every week, every two weeks, every month or so that is specifically for your savings goals. So that money never gets intertwined with your regular, your quote, regular money that's used for bills and, and whatever it may be. And so having that sort of separate bank account can really help you kind of see it grow and also allow you not to dip into that money. Right. So it's kind of creates a barrier. Um, and I, I find that very helpful personally, um, because it's like, yeah, I can't touch this money until I achieve whatever my, whatever my goal may be. It's just so nice. And you're right. The temptation to take that money out, if it's too easy to get to is it's too great personally. So I, that's excellent (laughs) advice. Okay, Gareth, anything else that we need to round out this trip or to remind everybody? No, I think I think running through that example it was was helpful because it shows you the expense of such what you would think is a relatively small trip could be. Um, I mean, before this, I didn't think it was going to cost $900. The Crimson Tide is priceless, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I think this is this is very insightful and and, and planning out whether it's this trip for Victory or one of your own, you know, once you kind of get all those costs down on paper, it really helps you see like, Hey, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Um, cause if we went into this and we bought our pl- flight tickets before planning this out and we realized how expensive it could get, it's like, well, I'm kind of stuck now cause I have to go. Yeah. Um, but I don't have enough money to, to pay for this without, you know, dipping into other savings or, or having to, you know, spend more of my income than I anticipated. So it's always important, I think, which is kind of what we learned here, right? Is that to to plan this out is the first step to see if it's even feasible. And then after that, you know, what are those expenses and whether we can limit them in some cases. And we get this across in Victory's FIES courses, right, Chrissy? Mm -hmm. So we explain the short-term savings goals and the important parts of them and we've also built our own calculators that can help you plan for for trips such as these. You're so right. I mean, that's just, we just want to make sure that our content is relevant and relatable to college students because nothing is worse than just being thrown links to financial calculators or to this massively long text about savings goals, you know, and you just want to make it, this is fun. It's fun to plan trips. It's fun to know how to manage your money. Um, you know, there's just, there's nothing worse than just being bored, trying to figure out if you can go to a football game, like this should be a fun time to, to plan out. So definitely that is our priority to make this 
entertaining and relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that wraps it up for this week. Um, you can find out more about us at victoryfi.com. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, that's V-I-C-T-R-E-E-F-I.com. Uh, we offer financial literacy-based courses to schools and organizations uh, that comes from a truly unbiased perspective. So we have no partnerships or allegiances to any financial institutions. So we ensure that what we tell you has nothing that's coming behind it, such as selling products or helping you refinance your student loans. You can also follow us on social media at, um, at VictoryFi on Instagram and Facebook. And you can follow our Twitter at, at VictoryFi1.